Apptensive will help your users know just how important feedback is from them. It helps you shape the conversation in a very positive way. So go to uh, apptensive.com forward slash app guy for a free mobile app consultation. Uh, that's apptensive.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much to Apptensive for supporting this episode. GummyCube can help you optimize your on-page content. If you manage it correctly, you can actually help increase your app downloads, but doing it incorrectly can cause your app to be completely buried. So help your app get discovered by focusing on App Store optimization. Go to GummyCube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, GummyCube.com. Thank you so much to GummyCube for supporting this episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Christian Bromley. I'm the managing director at Firebox.com, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. I've got a a great guest lined up for us. This is the show that goes around the world, pulls out the best guests that can inspire us, that can help us with our businesses and our startups. And today, Uh, I've already had a quick pre-chat with uh, our guest and he's got an amazing story. He's got a great platform, but also just a really interesting lifestyle as well. So let's uh, introduce uh, Guy Vincent. Guy Vincent is the CEO and founder of Publishizer. We're going to find out about Publishizer and what it can do to help us with our uh, businesses. So uh, Guy, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Wonderful to be here, Paul. And uh, I love your lifestyle already. You are recording this from a coffee shop, hence a bit of background noise, but I'm guessing you work a lot out of various different locations. Yeah, normally normally it's co-working spaces. So this year I've had the pleasure of working from Chiang Mai in northern Thailand, uh, Silicon Valley um, in California, and Mexico City, which is all of them were really great places to work from. So for anyone listening to this in a cubicle stuck in Slough or... <laughs> uh, oh, I've, I've been yeah. there as well. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know why I pulled out that. but uh, So let's talk about uh, Publishizer then. Uh, tell us what is Publishizer. Mm. So the story, I guess, did begin actually in a cubicle, which, um, you know, so I definitely do know what that feels like. Um Oh, sorry, we have a little little fella joining us. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he can join in, no worries. Um, so uh, it's not was... a publishizer user, is it, getting upset? <laughs> not yet, but he looks like he might read some books in the future. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was working for a publishing company in Singapore. Um, it's the, one of the largest uh, book printing companies in Asia, and they obviously saw the decline in print books and wanted to do something about that. So they brought me in as an ebooks expert with little exclamation marks there since I'd self-published one. <laughs> I knew what a PDF was, I knew what an EPUB was, and that got me the job running this division. So um, it was here that I met so many uh, content creators of all kinds, writers, children's authors, illustrators, cookbook creators, business authors, speakers, you name it. And I saw a common frustration among these authors, which was having enough money to professionally publish their book. Um, The idea was, you know, if I will build a crowdfunding platform specifically for authors and that will help you through your publishing journey, would you use it? To which uh, a number of them said, yeah, absolutely. So I quit my job in Singapore, left my little 
two meter by one meter cubicle. <laughs> and um, I set off for India for six months to work on the, the initial platform. Uh, it was in this place that I, I, I rented a desk in a co-working space in a southern Indian town called Oroville. And it cost 17 US dollars per month. <laughs> <laughs> per month. I thought you were going to say per hour. So <laughs> Per month. So that gave me plenty of time to work on building up the basic platform, reaching out to early users. And uh, yeah, we, we had some early successes. We were really lucky. Um, our first ever campaign was for a book called The Backpacker Chef, which was a cookbook for backpackers, which fit in your back pocket or in your, in your backpack. Um, we had a few children's books successfully funded. And uh, it was really when I met a, a, a mobile strategist uh, a guy named Scott. Uh, he'd written a manuscript for a book, didn't quite know what to do with it next. And I told him, hey, if you want, you can use Publishizer, you can raise money, and I'll help introduce you to an editor and a designer and get it printed and stuff like that. Um, he just blew my mind. He raised about $30,000 in pre-orders, got us um, a heap of press. And as a result of that, we ended up entering a startup pitch contest, the largest tech pitch contest in Asia. We won that for Singapore. Suddenly we had more press coverage and both online and offline channels. Um, the company was growing. And uh, yeah, earlier this year, while in Chiang Mai, um, I was, the company was growing, but it wasn't growing as fast as I would have liked to have seen. So a, a friend of mine who's a venture capitalist suggested uh, reaching out to some accelerator programs and um, yeah, just got really lucky. We we got into uh, 500 startups, which is one of the largest um, startup accelerator programs in the world. Uh, they invested $100,000 in the company, moved over to, to Mountain View, California. And um, yeah, we finished that just a couple of months ago, just got back from Mexico City, which is why I'm in a coffee shop now. <laughs> And um, yeah, here we are today. Well, there's so many things we could uh, actually talk about. So, the, well, the first thing is, I mean, you quit your job and you you set up this. Uh, I always like to focus in on that because uh, people have quit their job listening to this show. How did you pluck up the courage to do this? And uh, what advice would you have for anyone who wants to go and do the same? Mm. So I'd reached a point where... I mean, the job was fantastic. It was a wonderful experience. Um, but I had reached the point where I knew sooner or later I was just going to have to leave. Like, I'd, my energy levels were down. I no longer had the ability to implement the changes in the, the organization that I wanted to see. So I made a plan. I waited. Uh, I planned to quit my job. I think it was in February of last year. Um, and no, it would have been the year before, actually. Um, I made the plan to quit the job. I was going to have a certain amount of money saved up, at least enough money to live in India for a very small amount of money for at least six months to, to 12 months. And um, yeah, when the time came, I threw in my, my resignation papers. I had already reached out to some engineers to help me um, build the platform, but I didn't want to really do too much on it until I'd quit my job so I could tidy it up um, properly. And yeah, just left the job, did my final uh, 30 days, headed off to India with, with my partner and um, started working on the, the company from there without yeah. having to worry about the finances. I think that's the big mistake most people would make is they don't 
allow you need to save up enough money before you quit your job, <laughs> at least for six months to a year. See, that's the other thing I'm learning from you as well. If you had this same idea, but you were living in San Francisco or London or Sydney or one of the expensive capitals in the world, then uh, you would find that I guess your savings go down rapidly. But having to pay $17 a month, I mean, how could you fail? <laughs> so... <laughs> well, remember that before before moving to India, at that time, actually, um, when I was living in Singapore, Singapore was officially the most expensive city in the world. More expensive than Tokyo, San Francisco, Sydney, uh, all of them. So it just wasn't, I knew it wasn't going to be a realistic reality to afford rent and costs and living there with the savings. I pulled out a spreadsheet, did a couple of calculations, and it was, a, it was an economic decision more than anything else. So if you are living in London or if you are living in San Francisco, there are still ways to live really cheap, but you just need to have a bit of a budget in mind and have a plan for what you're going to do when you no longer have that income stream um, so that you will be able to support yourself while you work on your company without stressing about, shit, how am I going to eat next week? This is so great. And now the other thing that could really help out the listeners, the Appster tribe, is that you got into 500 startups. And I wondered if you had any guidance on how you w would advise others to, to get into other accelerators, other uh, similar incubators. What advice do you have for us? Yeah, certainly. And I would absolutely recommend an accelerator program for especially um, listeners who are interested in technology companies, tech startups, there are a lot of um, opportunities out there to receive, um, you know, a bit of a bit of initial uh, funding and opportunities to raise more after that. My major piece of advice would be to launch your product and try to sell something before you even apply for these accelerators. So especially for the more competitive accelerators like Y Combinator, 500 Startups and Techstars, you really are going to need some form of traction um, in order to be selected by, by these accelerators. Um, traction can be numbers of downloads of your app. Um, it could be revenue flowing through your platform. It could be profitability. The main thing is to have some form of metrics that you can show them. Chances are that you will not get in on an idea alone. Um, I mean, for me, for any business project or any new feature, we really do try to focus on how do we sell this thing. It's the fastest way to learn if people want it or not. I made the mistake, actually, of spending the first six months of building Publishizer working on a beta reading kind of feedback system for our authors. Um, kind of like if you imagine Medium today where you can click on a paragraph and make a comment. We spent a lot of time building that. And when I tried to get our authors to use it, not even let alone sell it, um, they just wouldn't use it. So that was a bit of a painful lesson learned. Um, they said, look, guy, I want to sell my books. <laughs> I want to raise money through this platform and I want to get my book out. That's what I want. So, you know, we rejigged the platform to be based purely on that without these other distractive features. And, um, you know, we had a much more success that way. So the advice is sell something, get some numbers, and then apply to an accelerator. So it seems so 
common sense now listening to you, but I guarantee that a lot of people listening to this uh, have made that same mistake where they think they are building something that people will want, but they're not actually getting feedback from anyone who's buying it. Uh, so I want to switch gears here now. This is a wonderful platform. I was introduced to it through an author uh, as well. And I'm guessing like the best uh, use for your platform for the app entrepreneurs listening to this is to write something and then uh, get funding before uh, actually creating the, the book itself. So in a way, did you consider yourself as a Kickstarter for uh, books? Yeah, we, we have been, um, we've received uh, press coverage calling Publishizer the Kickstarter for books. Um, more recently, we've, we've been doing a bit, a bit more than that, actually. So the story goes, we built the platform as a crowdfunding platform for authors. Um, when we got into 500, that was what we did. And uh, I mean, they, they, are, they really kick your business model around. Like, it's not fun and games. You're building a company and you have users and you need to understand your users, what they want, what they will pay for, and what will ultimately turn it into a scalable and sustainable company. So we learned, first of all, that um, there wasn't really a sustainable business model around a 5% of funds raised through this pre-orders came platform, this platform. The second lesson that we learned was the vast, vast majority of our authors said, given the choice, they would prefer to have a publisher for their book rather than self-publishing it especially the ones who were at the top end, they self-published, they were number one bestsellers. Time and time again, they said, that just took too much time. I don't want to be doing all this stuff. For my next book, I really want a publisher. Like, why can't you find a way to connect me to publishers during my pre-orders campaign? Because they can see that there is demand for it. It's selling. So get in there early before I self-publish it or you will miss out on this opportunity. Um, so they really like put the gauntlet down for me and um, set that as a task for me to go out and figure out, which um, was certainly not easy. However, um, having spent a bit of time in New York, meeting with the agents and the publishers, calling them, trying to understand the traditional world a bit better, we did find a way that we can now connect our authors directly with publishers during their crowdfunding campaign. And it's all based on a very simple premise, which is the more copies that you sell, the more publishers will receive your proposal. They can click a button to initiate a chat directly with the author if they're interested, kind of like a Tinder for publishing. We've had a few people calling us that recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're just going and, through all these popular platforms and <laughs> calling yourself. Whatever is buzzworthy, yeah. we will just uh, align ourselves with it. Um, <laughs> but... But yeah, uh, the, so, the ultimate the ultimate will be someone then says, "Hey, we're the publishizer for uh, audio." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm waiting for someone to be the publishizer for the music industry because I do believe there is an opportunity for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could essentially think of us as almost a literary agent. So the agent is the traditional gatekeeper between the author and the publisher. The major there are two major problems with this. One. Um, just in the US, not even talking about the UK, which is one of the largest publishers of the books in the world, over 2 million book proposals are submitted to agents every year. Paul, do you want to have a guess how many of those are rejected? Uh, 
Okay, so uh, two million submitted. I would say of that, ninety-five percent uh, are rejected. You are extremely close. Ninety-six percent of those get you. Are, that's we will. You, you still get that. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great guess. Thank you. Um, so that's ninety-six percent of these um, proposals, which people are pouring their heart and soul into creating this thing to try to attract a publisher, but they just can't prove that it's going to sell. It's purely based on the opinion of the agent. Now, certainly agents do know their business. They have a good sense of what sells. But there are plenty that slip through the gaps. And most of those authors, they want to get their book published anyway, with or without a major traditional publisher. There are plenty of smaller independent presses, publishing services companies, a range of um, publishers out there who can still help them. Even if they only have a couple of hundred bucks to spend, you can still get your book out there. Um, so we decided to bring all these publishers together into our database. They tell us what kind of books they're interested in, maybe as business books or technology or finance or lifestyle, but maybe they specialize in mysteries or thrillers or romance. Um, the world is very niche in this way. So we're able to target these proposals through publishers in a very efficient way. And the second major factor is they can actually see that there's performance, there's traction for the book through pre-sales. If you show a publisher that you have 200 or 400 or 800 or 1,000 people that have already pre-ordered a copy of your book, it becomes a totally different situation. And we're able to deliver a kind of a, a system where when the publisher clicks a button to engage with the author, we count that as a publisher that's interested in them. They are saying, I'm interested. So suddenly the author will have two publishers, five publishers, 10, 20 publishers interested in their book, sometimes in a very early stage in their pre-orders campaign. And this is a completely different experience versus being rejected 96 times out of 100. Um, so this is what we hope to achieve with Publishizer, giving authors more opportunities to get published through this pre-orders uh, platform. Let's thank the sponsors who help make the show possible. Abtentive have a dashboard that when you log into, you get to see how your users of your app are effectively using it and it gives you the best way to communicate with them. Now, the terrific thing is you get to try it for free right now, today. If you pause this podcast, go and check them out. It's abtentive.com forward slash app guy all lowercase apptentive.com forward slash app guy and you can request a demo you get a free mobile app consultation you don't even need a credit card to try this stuff out and you get to understand the way to communicate with your users get to uh, use intelligent ratings prompts uh, there's a lot of stuff there to really help boost your app profile and get more downloads as well which is always uh, something that we need. So apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase. I really do go and check them out. They've been a great supporter of the show. Uh, thank you very much to Apptentive uh, for continuing to support the show. Gummy Cube are the people that you need to go to when thinking about App Store optimization service. And why is that? Well, these guys used to be developers themselves. They know how important it is for developers to be discovered on the App Store. And one of the things that they talk about on their site is uh, the importance of app descriptions and to describe everything about your app. Getting a user to view your description is actually like getting a user to visit your website. At this point, users are curious and are considering whether they should download your app. 
This is a key optimization factor. You will need to use this area to sell your app on its best features and set the correct expectations for what your user is actually downloading. Short selling yourself is a bad idea, but overselling yourself will cause the user to be unhappy and you won't get that much engagement. Use your app description to clearly describe what your app does. GummyCube will help you. And not only this, all the other things as well, such as app reviews, app keywords, app title, app screenshots. I really highly recommend them. Uh, go to www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. Go and start optimizing your app. And thank you so much to GummyCube for continuing to support the show. Now let's get back to the interview. So there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye to you, Guy. One is that I want to pick up on the reason almost why you're on the show, which is that you're actually on a, a show with, that is listened to by app entrepreneurs. And uh, there's it's really hard to sometimes make money on the app store. And I feel like there's an opportunity for very clever uh, people to actually write a, like a book and get pre-orders so that they are leveraging from a different channel their knowledge, their content. And I was just wondering, like from your author base on Publishizer, what have you seen to transform people's fortunes when actually getting some good pre-orders? Yeah, certainly. So, um, I mean, I can give you a, a really recent example where um, I was just in Singapore for the, the Singapore uh, Singapore Publishing Symposium a few weeks ago, and uh, I met up with one of our authors who actually works in the app space. He is a mobile strategist and a mobile thought leader. Uh, his book was called Mobile Ready. And um, yeah, he went on to become a bestseller, and his book was really well-received. Um, I caught up with him and asked him, you know, how his life has been since he since he published his first book. And um, most of his uh, most of his work is doing uh, speaking. He does like he talks to large insurance banks, uh, companies from all kinds about implementing mobile strategy and how to like get people using their apps more. So what he told me was he doubled his speaking fee from ten thousand to twenty thousand um, dollars per talk, and this year he was doing nine times more talks. Uh, than he did last year. So that was a pretty insane outcome. Um, however, this isn't entirely uncommon. Um, since we've launched Publishizer, I mean, one of the best things is the people you meet. I mean, a lot of thought leaders, especially in the business technology uh, space. So another one, Jeremiah Gardner, he wrote a book called The Lean Brand. Uh, he teaches companies how to apply lean principles to their early brand development process. Um, I've seen his career skyrocket and take off. Uh, another guy wrote a book called Platform Scale, How to Build Platforms. He was picked up by a major traditional publisher, W.W. Norton. Um, he was on the G20 Summit recently. Like, I, I could give you many examples where people have written a book, and even app developers. We have had app developers, uh, tech entrepreneurs, um, and founders use Publishizer to write books. And... Just watch new doors and new opportunities opening. Um, it's been said that a book is the new business card. So if you can show someone that you've been published, especially by a publisher, uh, it suddenly builds a, your brand, your reputation, your authority, and uh, more people want to work with you. They want to hire you. They want to use your products or your services. Um, so it definitely is a powerful marketing tool. Um, the major problem has been figuring out the self-publishing stuff. 
as a business owner or as an app developer, you probably just don't have the time or the desire to learn the ins and outs of self-publishing. So we want to make it really easy and build a solution to connect, um, you know, those people who are, who are working on a book or have an idea for a book, get a publisher, they will take care of the rest of the details for you. Wonderful. Okay, so this is the last thing, which is, a, this is a show about apps. Uh, you are a world traveler. I'm pretty sure you must have one app on your phone that you would love to recommend that, that could be a, 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 something we haven't heard about before. So do you have a good app recommendation? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, the, the app that I've been using the most recently uh, is has been Medium. Uh, Medium being the article publishing platform uh, by started by the Twitter founder, um, Evan Williams. Um, and yeah, there's another app which I've been uh, using recently, which I think is really cool, which is Hooked. And Hooked is almost like uh, fiction for the Snapchat generation. So it's like writing a novel or a short story through essentially bite-sized tweets. And people can follow along and uh, it's like the serialization of, of fiction on, on your mobile app. I thought that was pretty cool as well. <laughs> That's great. I'm already hooked. Uh, so you can get uh, <laughs> links to those. If you go to the show notes, it's episode 396 with Guy Vincent. Just go to theappguy.co and you'll get links to those apps. And also, Guy, how best can people get in touch with you? What's the best way of reaching out and connecting with you? Yeah, yeah. don't be shy. Say hi. Um, my email is guy, G-U-Y, at publishizer.com. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes. Um, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Guy Vinci, just V-I-N-C-E-Y at the end. Um, but yeah, mostly I, I get, I respond to people mostly through email and I do check everything and I, I'd love to hear from people, even if you just have an idea, if you have a question, if you're looking for advice. Um, yeah, I'll be happy to, to do my best to help you. Guy, thanks for coming on the show. It's been just one, a wonderful walk through your story and I feel like this is greatness this uh, is amazing where this actually could go my pleasure paul thank you for having me and now you've finished listening to this episode please remember to go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy and uh, go and get a, a free demo of their platform that will help you communicate that will help you get more ratings uh, that will help you provide surveys to your users your customers Go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy, all lowercase, and you will be pleased that you did. Thank you so much to Apptentive for continuing to support this show. So if you have a new app, best go and check out Gummy Cube. They offer all the solutions that you will need for the best app store optimization in the business. They are made up of a team of ex-developers themselves. They know what it means to get apps discovered on the app store and they use something called data cube which is pulling all the data from the app stores go and get the best in the market it's gummy cube g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e.com gummycube.com and thank you to gummy cube for continuing to support this podcast just one final announcement i am getting close to episode 400 this is a huge landmark for me uh, this has been years in the making and i can remember the uh, episode 100 in fact, every time I've hit a landmark, I've done something special. Although episode 100 was just a, a quick announcement before the guest interview. Episode 200 was a, uh, I believe, uh, like an announcement and some special stuff that was going on for a Christmas uh, special. Episode 300 
was where I just sat down with a glass of wine and just spoke into the microphone and summed up uh, my feelings about the podcast and just my thoughts uh, that were, uh, I guess, relevant at the time. And so what do I do for episode 400? I would love to get your feedback. Uh, could you get in touch with me by emailing me, paul at theappguy.co, or get in touch on my website, app, theappguy.co, theappguy.co. Let me know if you've got any ideas on what you'd like to see for the milestone episode 400. And uh, I mean, I, I am open to any suggestions. Maybe I could get some past guests back that you think uh, you'd like to hear back from to get an update. Uh, maybe I can go and sit down again with a, this time a glass of champagne and uh, talk through uh, the podcast. I'm really open to ideas. So I'd love to get your thoughts. Um, happy to take your suggestions. Do get in touch. Paul at theappguy.co, Twitter, Paul underscore S underscore Kemp. Don't be afraid. Do reach out. Let me know. And I will speak to you in a future episode. Thanks a lot. and Bye for now.